Welcome to Blondes with Glasses. I'm Becca. And I'm Shannon. And we're two best friends that live far apart. This is a podcast about pop culture and feminism. Three, two, one, and go. Blondes with glasses. They can't sing. Blondes with glasses. Let's do this podcast thing. Hey, Shannon. Hi, Becca. Oh, my God. So first of all, it's been ages since we recorded. And... This is the first podcast since your status update, let's say. Yes. My Facebook status has changed. (laughs) (laughs) I'm engaged now. Congratulations. I was not engaged the last time we did a podcast. It's so weird to think about. Yes. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. So very quickly, obligatory questions, you know, for to put Mm. you on the spot on the podcast. Uh, When are you getting married? What kind of ceremony is it going to be? Like... (laughs) Okay, do you remember um, William and Kate's ceremony yes, when they uh-huh. got married? That, Perfect. I want that. That's what I pictured. I also want the Westminster Abbey. Dunkin' Donuts exclusive donut for the wedding like they did. Oh, did they? I, I didn't know well. that. Yeah. Well, that's a longer story, but we had people, I believe it was Perry and Lisa, get up and go to Dunkin' Donuts to get the exclusive donut at like 4 a.m. Oh and they didn't have them. Yeah. Wow. So... For my wedding, things will go more smoothly, yes, obviously. obviously. you'll be talking to Dunkin' Donuts corporate, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> Maybe something got lost in translation with the time zone change, so we'll make sure Dunkin' Donuts understands time zones. It's, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of details to work out. But in reality, it'll be probably the summer of 2019. Okay. Is as far as we've really gotten. So. Well, that's good. <laughs> well, yeah, it'll be in Pennsylvania also. Okay, makes sense. That's where you live. Mm-hmm. Yes, that is. Well, I mean, there was the idea of, like, should we get married at the theater where we met? Aw. And, which is all our theater friends were like, do that. Get married on the stage. And Aww. he said, absolutely not. Because he has terrible memories of that place. Lime except disease. for me. Did he get hit on the head with a ladder or something he, at one point? He got a broken <laughs> nose. And then two days later was diagnosed with Lyme disease. So, understandably, not his favorite place. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, something good so, came of it, but he was kind yes. of having a miserable time. It was a miserable summer. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, hey, Buttercup. Buttercup's visiting me. Oh. I'm at my dad's house. That's a cat Hi, for the listeners. Yes. Or you can imagine whatever. Oh, pet sure. You think yeah. My dad has. <laughs> um, so anyway, how's your life been? I haven't talked to you in so long. Um. Oh, big news. Actually, I got force promoted earlier in- this week. <laughs> Oh, I was going to say engaged, but that's even more fun. It's very, I feel like I should just say that I got promoted to people because it really, it's a real (laughs) mixed bag of reactions Um, because I have mixed Ah. emotions about it as well. Like I'm excited to get more pay and I think I can handle the more responsibility and I like that and I get to keep my schedule, but they force promoted three of us because no one was taking the midnight senior position because no one wants to work midnight shift. So their solution was, I know we'll force three people into promotion, keep their positions so that they can pick up midnight shifts. So it's a real mixed bag of, you know, positive and negative. And literally Mm. the word forced promotion was used when I was brought into my boss's office. (laughs) So, wow. Yeah. (laughs) Really didn't uh, sugarcoat it or make it seem like, Hey, you're doing great. (laughs) Right. They didn't lie at all. They didn't. They just were like, well, here's what's happening. Basically saying, here, this is happening and you can't say no. So good. (laughs) A 
promotion is exactly. the promotion, though, so that's There's good. There's plenty of positive things about it. There's just the specter yeah. of you're going to have to work more and pick up shifts you don't want to work and more is expected of you type of thing. Right. So, yeah. People money. keep asking me about, like, <laughs> Target. Like, oh, are you going to, like, try and get be eventually become a manager at Target? Stuff like that. And I'm like, yes, I would love that. But also, I would hate that. Right, exactly. <laughs> because it's exactly the same thing where it's like, the more you sign on, the less of your life you have to exactly. live because you are then living your life at Target or at wherever you happen to be yeah. working. I feel like this is a common problem for us millennials at the moment. Yeah, yeah so. exactly. It's, oh, you're young. <sighs> Just do it. Just sacrifice your Just life do for it. your career. Exactly. <sighs> yep. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. <sighs> well, Man. let's well, get into the thing that we've been, I personally have been wanting to talk about for months, it feels yes. like. Yes. How long ago was this? Yep. The October 5th did this come out, I feel like? The first New York Times story? I, don't, I guess. I mean, that seems like too long ago somehow. It also doesn't <laughs> feel like, like long ago enough, you know, because every single day. Also, it's like, mm-hmm. should we wait six more months, you know, till all the things have come out? Mm. <laughs> I, I mean, it's... I. I I keep reading more and more articles about this, and I keep... So we're talking about Hollywood. Oh, sure. We should say. <laughs> men in Hollywood being horrible. Anyway, um, the I keep reading more articles, and people keep pinpointing it to Harvey Weinstein. And I keep thinking, I don't think it was Harvey Weinstein. I think this has been a longer timeline than people are remembering. I think it is sort of Bill Cosby. Well, I think that was right? the tipping point. That's the when the floodgates opened up where they said, oh, right. shit, we can bring down powerful people with good reporting. Right. America's dad. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, because also we've we saw isolated incidents like Bill Cosby, for example, where mm-hmm. we thought, oh, well, this is the death of a giant or whatever. And then he right. doesn't get convicted. So right. a lot of people were like, well, that's the continuation of that culture versus. Mm-hmm. A guy gets accused, they have all of these sources, they have all this evidence, and he loses everything, as it should be. Mm-hmm. And so then they said, oh shit, we, there's consequences for actions? <laughs> and then yeah. now there are real consequences for all of these guys, and the entire system of assholes, you know, that, that Hollywood runs on is crumbling, and I love it. Like, <laughs> I'm living for it because, like, yes, it's it's awful, like, the stories, but they've been going on for, you know, a hundred years and bringing right. them to light and then having consequences for them is amazing. And it's so wonderful. And it's about damn time. Part of me wonders how... <sighs> I don't know, because we're now seeing, like, the this whole celebrity death cycle of, you know, Louis C.K. and Weinstein and all these people falling off of, falling out of everybody's graces because these are coming, everything's coming mm-hmm. to light. At the same time, Mel Gibson is starring in Daddy's Home right. 2 with Will Ferrell, and people are saying, oh, remember that time he had this horrible quote to his wife mm-hmm. and, like, threatened her and was really horrible and just... Like a general yeah. way, but also very specific ways. And he's now family friendly again. And I, so it's sort of this juxtaposition of like, well, how long was that? Yeah. Like uh, two, two well, years. So it's good. We're gone. Yeah. We're, we're 
we have Louis C.K. gone from our lives for two years or something? Or is it right. something we can, that is actually a breaking point where it's like, okay, things will change. I, just, mm-hmm. I feel like it's not possible. Right. Well, it definitely, <laughs> I want it yeah, so badly. You definitely see with these figures, you know, Woody Allen still making movies his entire career, mm. cranking out one, yeah. one, you know, like getting Amazon deal shit like that, you know. You've seen that, but then you also see, oh, well, this TV executive in Amazon was a horrible person. So, of course, he greenlights Woody Allen or whatever, you know? Mm. And so it's like, if we're tearing, if we're taking out those men in power, if we're taking out the producer of Daddy's Home 2, who, mm. you know, hired Mel Gibson and uh, his group of assholes who all okayed that and said, yeah, let's do it, then mm-hmm. the next time that movie doesn't get made or he doesn't get hired for that role because all of these top executives, all of these middle management people, all of these people who made, okayed those decisions, hopefully are Mm -hmm. out soon. You know, it's just a matter of time before it's revealed that, oh, they covered up this, they were complicit in this, they harassed these people. It's like, it feels like, I look at every man in Hollywood almost now and I'm like, well, do we know all the things about you? You know, when are we gonna find out the truth about you? You know, because Mm -hmm. even, I mean, we're hearing George Takei just the other day. Mm-hmm. Like, it it feels like, wow, you know nothing about these people, and we're learning new things about them, and this whole industry is because it's a culture within it. And, and I'm not saying just Hollywood either. I mean, this, these revelations are coming out in every facet of American life because it is every part of our working environment is... assholes being told that it's okay to be assholes and then the predators you know doing their thing and no consequences for it yeah i just i there are so many people in hollywood that have come back Mm -hmm. from things that i part of me is like so Every day I open Twitter and I'm like, who's next? Please, like, lavish me with all the stories of whose downfall we get to read about today. And I love it. But at the same time, I, I have this, like, nagging feeling that it's not forever. Mm-hmm. It's not real. Like, there's especially, this is the, the one that, like, makes, makes me the most nervous, which is the people behind the scenes, like Andrew Kreisberg mm. at um, the CW and stuff, those people who are showrunners, mm-hmm. who are producers, I think that they change their name, they ghostwrite something, they get back in there, and nobody ever knows about it. Like mm-hmm. us on the outside, we don't ever know that those people get back in good graces or have their friends sort of rope them back in on a project. Mm-hmm. You know, And I, I was reading yesterday that... Wines, the Weinstein Company is trying to sell off Paddington 2 before they go, they file for bankruptcy. And I was like, oh, God damn it, I loved Paddington. Like, I want to see yes. Paddington 2. But I don't want to support the Weinstein Company. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's this super complicated, and, and also, on top of that, Hollywood has people whose entire job is to spin things, to make good press out of bad press. And I just think that with all of these, the high-profile predators coming to light, I think that they're just, you know, paying overtime for these people, and the the real solutions are not happening. Like, I don't think that the CW sees Andrew Kreisberg 
and all these allegations against him and is going to say, oh, you know what we should do? Uh, fire him and bring back the original showrunner of Supergirl mm-hmm. or, you know, maybe some women mm-hmm. on this team or, like, any other solution. I think it's who is his second in command. Mm. That person will fill his spot. And True. that guy, I mean, I'm tr- not trying to make generalizations about whoever was his second in command, but I feel like it is a boys club and right. every guy that we are seeing named has minions underneath him that encouraged him or allowed him to act the way he did and they will fill those shoes once those shoes are yeah because any person that close to someone who says i had no idea is fucking lying Mm -hmm. you know right they they knew and either they didn't say anything or they they helped Mm -hmm. it in some way which is you know not saying anything is helping it so yeah definitely We'll see, you know, when they fire these people, who are they bringing in to replace them is the big question. Uh Is, will you actually make some steps forward? And because so much of that power structure is still intact of who's still there, you know, and who's making these decisions, is, Mm -hmm. it's hard, yeah, it's hard to say if they're going to be making the right choices right now. But Mm. hopefully... By cleaning house in a lot of places and by bringing to light things that haven't been talked about in a long time, at least you're getting rid of some people and and you're you're saying to the enablers around them, okay, we're going to call it out now, you know? And so mm-hmm. don't let this happen again, sort of a thing. And also I think saying to the women that are coming forward that although it's not always a safe space to come forward and tell your Mm -hmm. story, that maybe there are instances, maybe it's giving other women, like Mm -hmm. clearly it is because the dominoes are falling where women are realizing that they will be heard. And although not everybody is going to believe them, there is a large contingency of people, including company heads Mm -hmm. that will believe them. Yeah. You know? And I think for what it's worth, that is also pretty important. Mm Mm-hmm. So... Can we circle yeah. back to mm-hmm. the separating the art from the artist part of it? Because mm-hmm. I, I I was thinking about this the other day about Joss Whedon, who, I mean, he's he's a schmuck, I think we all yeah. know. Yes. <laughs> like, he's, he's not on the level of Harvey Weinstein, as mm-hmm. far as we know, but he's really kind of a gross person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was thinking about this because my boss has a picture of the cast of Buffy on her desk and she uses it as a source of inspiration, like stay strong, all this stuff. Mm -hmm. And I keep thinking about how, how do we as consumers of this art, of these people's art go forward from here? Like the Cosby show, for example, every, you know, are you going to keep watching Supergirl? All these questions that pop up when things like this happen, like, I I just am worried and and it's like we've had this conversation before though maybe I'm answering my own question because <laughs> we've talked about this with actors and actresses that we that go through this forgiveness cycle mm-hmm. and you know like how Robert Downey Jr. fell you know fell from grace and rose from the ashes and is the highest paid actor in Hollywood so so except he wasn't a predator you know he didn't fall from True. grace because he was a monster he fell from grace because he had an addiction. An addiction. It's very which, different. <laughs> I want to set that aside. Very different. You're right. But yeah, that's a good yeah. Point. I think 
what we have to do is we have to stamp all that work and say for archival purposes only you know Mm. are we have to say okay it was good it was you know it was a solid piece of art but it's tainted and we have no reason to go back and, and look at that again and we need to be elevating other voices right now you know because Mm -hmm. the main thing that has that strikes you with all of these stories is women who were not able to make their art women who were pushed out of the industry or discouraged and never even got into it in the first place because this was their first entrance into it and they were harassed Mm -hmm. or assaulted and so they never got to make their art. Their art never gets to see the light of day, you know? And so the amount of art that we have lost, that we will never see, you know, that's the art that I'm sad about, you know? Not so much, mm. oh no, I won't be able to enjoy, you know, archives of this, you know? Because that's, it's like, you have to say like, that's over, you know? That's done. Mm-hmm. And there's not a lot of, like, it, the the trick becomes when new art comes out that you're very interested in that's done with horrible people. You know, mm. like when fucking Hacksaw Ridge comes out and it's an Oscar, you know, nominated mm. movie and it feels like, right. oh, I have to see this for our, you know, Oscar, you know, understanding or whatever. And it's like, no, we, <laughs> we just, <laughs> we can't, we can't do it anymore. And, and, and because you just have to think this is the art that got made on the backs of people leaving the industry Mm -hmm. of people with their voices silenced and their, their ideas are not heard at all. And just Mm -hmm. think of the five different things that could have been made instead of this thing. Like, I don't mind missing Mm -hmm. out on certain things, you know? It's interesting. One of the things I wanted to mention is that as somebody who works in an artistic in- industry, I there are so many old men that I have worked <laughs> with or that I work with that are their egos and their work style is this like I understand how this has happened, how Hollywood has mm-hmm. become this way because I see it in the theater, in the Philadelphia theater community. Like, my favorite director that I work with is a woman mm-hmm. <laughs> that I work with every year. And she she is like a breath of fresh air because she is down to earth and reasonable and, like, actually listens to mm-hmm. you. On, but on the other hand, I work with these other guys. And, and Kyle works with these guys. And it's like, it's all these, you know, hush-hush stories that you tell in, in rooms with your coworkers about, like, oh, my God, did you hear what he said to this person? You know, like, I have friends from um, Summerstocks that have been, have cried while working with a, an actor because the actor was so horrible mm. to them. And, you yeah. know, like, it, it is, we have created this sort of safety net where it's like we can't hurt the feelings uh-huh. of the people that are creating that are assholes and so yeah that, that yeah, asshole basically. equals auteur you know we've and we've talked right. about this before and i think it starts re- like at the smallest level like with the actors or whatever it's so crazy one of the first things i thought about when this first started this all this started coming out was jared leto <laughs> how oh much God. i fucking hate that guy and he <laughs> might not he's you know, we know nothing about if he's a sexual predator or not. I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he is a representative of 
guys being allowed to be assholes. And then from mm-hmm. there, you know, well, if he's allowed to be an asshole, the director's allowed to be an asshole because he's an artist, you know? And mm-hmm. the producer's allowed to be an asshole because he gets shit done or whatever. And he sees the artistic mm-hmm. vision through or whatever. And it's like, we've okayed this culture of assholes because we've been told that it's equivalent to being an artist. So Jared Leto with his method acting and being Oof. a dick, you know, mm-hmm. has been told, well... That's his art. That's how he does it. Right. And so every level of Hollywood is filled with people saying, oh, no, that's just, that's the price you pay for true art. And that mm-hmm. is such a myth and it's such bullshit because then women step in as directors and whatever mm-hmm. and they say, oh, it was totally collaborative and respectful and wonderful and we still got great art. Shocker. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't right. have to harm people to do good work and it's it's going to what's really going to take time to dismantle is that is that permission that we give exclusively men women are not given this permission to be assholes Mm -hmm. they they have to be everything at once they have to be so nice and collaborative and wonderful and dedicated and perfect and and ready and you know like they have to be everything and it's just Oh, God, I want to remember who said the quote. I want to say it was like Alec Guinness or someone who said it to, I think it was Dustin Hoffman or something who was doing method acting and he was being such mm-hmm. a dick on set. And he w- he had like stayed up for 48 hours or something because that's what his character had done. And he was just like a mess because he was, he was like, Ugh. had no sleep. And the actor turned to him and was like, have you tried acting? <laughs> 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 have you tried just pretending that you've been up for 48 hours you know sort of a thing and it's like right yeah dick like what like what are you possibly yeah it's just an excuse it's an excuse to get away with these behaviors and we started at the smallest level and it goes all Mm -hmm. the way up to the top of it's okay to be a dick and it's not Mm -hmm. it really isn't and until more women are given the opportunity to show that you can make great art without being assholes. It might mm-hmm. just continue. I have like the current project I'm working on. I have a, I have a conversation in my head going all the time about pretty much this where it's like, how do you distinguish between somebody just being the way they are and somebody being an asshole and you as an underling being able to say like, actually, could you step back and please like think of me as a person Mm -hmm. or be professional or, you know, like it's this really complicated, like you don't want to step on people's toes, but also you're a young woman and you are so far from the top that it's impossible to even see the top. So how Mm. do you protect yourself? That's the thing is you need to protect yourself. Who cares about, the asshole yeah. who's going around stomping, you know, like just how, I don't know. I don't know yeah. the answer to how you protect well, yourself. Well, yeah, because it's like you need people at the top to say, this is a no asshole policy, you know, like at the top mm-hmm. to say, the second that you're a dick, you know, like I think about that actor that you had, I think it was last year or the year before in New York, who, Jimmy. yeah, Jimmy, who, Jimmy Simpson yeah. from <laughs> yeah, the name World. Okay. Well, yeah, I love him. He's terrible. such a dick to everyone and so hard to work with and it's like there should be this rule this obvious rule that if you're an asshole at your workplace you will not work again Mm -hmm. 
you know, because that is a perfect example because that is what happened to him. That is the director that mm-hmm. I work with who is a woman. Our producing team is all women. He was blacklisted from our company. He will not be acting with us again. Yes. Example. Perfect. And it's like, and that's, that's all it takes is the person at the top to say, we're never going to work with someone who, who behaves that way. And if you behave that mm-hmm. way once at a workplace, this is your job at your workplace. If you behave that way, mm-hmm. you will not get to work again. You know, and it's just that simple. And yet Hollywood does not do that because those assholes are friends with assholes who have power, who Mm -hmm. don't Mm -hmm. institute that rule at all. But I was reading about um, Kathleen Kennedy uh, in Disney, who's who's in charge of Star Wars right now, just the whole franchise Uh. of Star Wars, and how basically they kept losing directors on the latest Star Wars movie because all these guys were such dicks. And they mm-hmm. were hard to work with and they were, you know, uncompromising. And it's like when you're working on a franchise like that, you have to be willing to take a lot of notes and roll with it and figure yeah. it out within the structure of what you are supposed to do. And she just didn't take any of that BS. And she was like, no, you're out. You can't behave that way. You know, you can't do that. You're not allowed. You mm. have to work within the system. And I, I just love, love that because if she wasn't in charge of that we would probably have some disaster of a movie, you know, made by some asshole where an entire cast and crew has now, you know, new trauma of, you know, working with a horrible person. Mm -hmm. So that's what we need more of. And hopefully we're moving (sighs) in that direction where there's not a zero tolerance policy. That's in the future. But right now, if we can have a almost no tolerance policy for this behavior and letting them know, you know, as soon as you act like an asshole, we're going to tell everyone, mm-hmm. you know, and then mm-hmm. we're going to let you people know this guy's really hard to work with. He went way over budget, <laughs> you know, mm. like it's just, yeah, I can't imagine. Like I just seeing people like Woody Allen continue to make movies and get movie deals when you know, first of all, it's not going to be a hit. It hasn't been a hit for a right. decade, <laughs> you know. What are you? What are you getting? I. It's such a crazy right. use of money, but but at the same time, Amazon is. Aren't they trying to spend two hundred fifty million on the rights to Lord of the Rings? Lord of the That's Rings. That's it. Just TV. the rights. They have no plan yep. with what to do with nope. them, and they're just trying to do a a, a knockoff Why? of Game of Thrones, thinking that that's going to make money. Whereas like. The opposite of that is probably going to be the next Game of Thrones because we've already right. had that. Why would we want more of the same? But anyway, that's a sidetrack. The money in Hollywood is insane right now, especially in TV. Oh my god, it's insane. I, <laughs> I wanted to switch to recommendations because this is, I think, the next step, which is in the vein of protecting yourself and encouraging good art and art that is made by good mm-hmm. people. I think we should... So last year around Christmas time, before Christmas, I decided I wanted to set a goal for myself, which was to only buy books written by Mm -hmm. women. Just like when I go to the bookstore, if it's not written by a woman, don't even look at it. Like just prioritize female voices. And I had a great time. (laughs) Every book I got for Christmas was written by a woman because I told people about it. And I just spent months reading women. And it was so amazing. And then eventually I started, you know, picking up other things that I had put on the back burner. And I started reading some men again. (laughs) And it was fine. But it was so nice to just go through, like, a cleansing Mm -hmm. period where... 
I mean, that that's exactly what it was. So I kind of want to recommend, if anybody's willing to do it with me, to just go through a cleansing period of TV shows and movies and maybe more media than that, but just like prioritizing anything that is made or, you know, creatively influenced by a woman. Mm. Because I think, like, I keep thinking about One Mississippi yeah. and how it was so brave for Tig to put on screen things that have happened in her life mm-hmm. you know, related to Louis C.K. and him mm-hmm. being, like, a sexual predator. So I <laughs> I don't know. I just think, like, if I hadn't seen that TV show, I wouldn't have had... I won't, I won't, I wouldn't have had the knowledge within myself to, like, think through his whole statement mm. and everything that, you know, all that fallout of men being like, well, he's the best comic out there right now. Like yeah. all of that contextualized in my head through the lens of one Mississippi is so, it's so great. I love it. Oh. So I just think like it's, if anybody's willing to do it, it, it is, it's probably harder with movies and TV shows because there are so few female directors, but yeah, it's great. Well, can we get into Louis C.K. for a minute? Because yes, but my computer is at twelve. Okay. <laughs> okay. But five years, five years. There were questions like there. There mm-hmm. were stories told, and it, the exact stories that came out that were true that he admitted were true, and that was his defense. Mm-hmm. Is I didn't realize they didn't want that. Oh. Oh, well, I mean, God. what a fucking monster. Anyway, and so it's just. <laughs> to have women telling you for five years, I know he's a good stand-up comedian, but here's what happened to all of these people. And to have them say, mm-hmm. like, oh, I know, but he's so good. And it's like, then you look mm-hmm. at his stand-up, and it's horrifying, because it's like him right. mas- like t- telling masturbatory jokes. And it's like, and then he, the movie that he just made that just came out, I Love You, Daddy, like, literally modeled mm-hmm. after Woody Allen movie. And about huh. him, like about his 17-year-old daughter wanting to date a 68-year-old man. And it's, and then at one point, I feel like, I, th- I think I read in the review that someone like mimes masturbation in front of like a female co-worker, like aggressively for a long oh period of time. And it's like, God. all of their work can be so masturbatory, you know, in this, in many different senses of that word. It can be so revealing about themselves and so horrible to look at now (laughs) and to be like jesus Mm -hmm. he's just literally telling you about himself he's telling you this deep truth about himself it's this really sick like taunting like because that's exactly what woody allen exactly all of his movies are about him hooking up with young girls it's disgusting it's disgusting and so it's like You need to, we need to start taking their art at face value and saying, gosh, you know, he mm-hmm. really went to this horrifying dark place. I wonder where that's coming from. <laughs> oh, maybe he's horrifying yeah, and dark on yeah, the exactly. inside. You know, maybe yeah. those rumors we've been hearing about him are actually accurate and his art is literally an admission of guilt. Right. <laughs> okay. Send it to the courthouse. <laughs> so I could talk about this uh, for another half an hour, but we both have to go. Your battery's mm-hmm. going to die. So I'll say my yep. recommendations very quickly, and then we'll end this and probably right. have a part two later if we can. Yes, probably. Um, <laughs> so I literally, right before this, I was watching what Perry recommended to us, which I have now recommended oh, yeah. to, like, every person. I, I want to walk past people on the street and say, are you watching the Big Family Cooking Showdown? Which is the, <laughs> I hate the name. It's way too long. But this show it's really is everything you want it to be. 
It is mm. a joy of joys. I, I just think it fills that hole in my heart that Great British Bake Off like had. It's different enough that it's not just some knockoff of it. Nadia oh. from Bake Off is one of the hosts, and she's a delight. Oh, and it's amazing. truly wonderful. And all I think about is how terrible my family would do on this show because my sister <laughs> and I would be, like, my mom and my sister and I, we would be terrible together because got a lot of personality in the kitchen anyway so you think about that a lot yes. anyway it's on netflix great no big family cooking showdown you have to watch it everybody mm-hmm. has to watch it i'll tell anybody i i've ever met you have to watch this it's a joy and a delight and then uh, also on netflix i saw alias grace which is a six-part mini series uh, I, I can't wait to watch it so great it's perfect uh, for this episode because it's basically this woman's story of her life and the amount of times and that just men have been horribly cruel in so many different ways, basically. Mm-hmm. And um, then there's a documentary on Netflix called One of Us, which is about people trying to leave the Hasidic community. Yes, and I saw that. I had that to my Fantastic. List. Same people who did Jesus Camp, same women. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, fascinating documentary. And then um, I saw Get Out, which is finally on HBO. So that's just a hot tip for people. Oh. It's on HBO now. So if you want to find it. Great. And then finally on Hulu, Sarah Silverman has a talk show. It's just a once a week show. It's called I Love You America. And it's really good. And I highly recommend it. And I think it's really good. And it's kind of everything I wanted from Chelsea Handler's show, but way better. And once a week. So it's like more finely tuned. And she's Mm. just very, she's a very empathetic person and very genuine. And it's it's really Mm -hmm. nice. And I think, I think it's good. Awesome. Okay. Well, my computer is at 6%. Okay. Now, so I'm just going to say that I the only thing I have been watching is Star Trek Discovery, which is now on its mid, for some reason, mid-season hiatus <laughs> through January. And it has developed over the course of these episodes into a very good show. I like it a lot. I think it might be very much in the wheelhouse of Star Trek fans, maybe not in other people, Mm. Uh, but I would recommend it if you are interested in sci-fi. I think it might be fun. I don't know. I mean, it's a long <laughs> conversation, but I, I enjoyed it a lot. There is a huge hurdle to get over at the beginning if you are like us and you, you hate when women get killed off of TV mm-hmm. shows, but after that, it is good and, and promising and lovely. Um, and there's some great character development all across the board. Um, other than that, I've been listening to podcasts while driving to and from work, and I just have been listening to The West Wing Weekly. It's so good. The West Wing is amazing, and but also there are a lot of problematic things in it, and for some reason, I can't believe they have the balls to do it. The West Wing Weekly calls out the problematic shit in The West Wing, and I love it. They have guests on that are people in the show. They have a host that was in the show, and they still are openly talking about it's problem with, problems with women. It's problems with race. It is just... Oh, That's it's amazing. Awesome. I wish everybody was as candid with the problems that, they, that exist mm. in their work. So I would recommend The West Wing Weekly Great. as well. Okay. Woo. Well, we did it. And, and to be continued, everyone, basically. Yes, basically, definitely. When we, when we next have time. But we wanted to put this out there when we could. Yeah. Finally, we had we an hour had, yeah, together. Yeah, just under an hour. <laughs> just... Yeah, just under an hour. It worked out fine. Okay. All right. Well, I miss, I miss you. you. And I miss this <laughs> weekly 
discussion that we get to have. I, I feel like I've been bottling up so much. <laughs> I know. <laughs> because everyone I talk to, they're like, yeah, it's pretty terrible, isn't it? I'm like, we need an in-depth discussion about this. Right. I want to tell you about Jared Leto, but you don't know what I'm referencing. <laughs> right. It's unhealthy to keep it inside. We need this as like, an outlet. It's I need to find more people that follow like Mo Ryan on Twitter, you know, who just seem to know what's exactly. happening in the industry. Oh, like so people who are like, oh, I've heard of oh. that. It's like, no, no, I need you to know my back catalog. Know more about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. okay. Well, to be okay. continued. All right. Sounds good.